This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome back to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host. Valerie Complex, assistant editor and film writer at Deadline Hollywood. How's everybody doing out there? I know we've been on a bit of a hiatus, but we're back. And today we are talking to Notori Naughton. Notori Naughton has done it all. She is a singer, a dancer, an actress, and now she's a director. She's making her directorial debut with BET Hers Initiative. Now, the film that she directed, the short, is called Behind the Smile. The short film was written by Lori Conway Ray and focuses on a newly promoted anchor woman who falls into a severe depression when she is forced to choose between her dream job and her Vitiglio support group. Now, if you don't know what Vitiglio is, Vitiglio is a disease that causes loss of skin color and patches. And these discolorated areas usually get bigger with time. Now, through all of that, you may remember Notori first, right, with the platinum-selling trio 3LW. Now, these were the it girls, the pop it girls of the 2000s. And I'm getting a little tired of your broken promises, promises. Like you, if you if you've heard that song, then you you know who Three LW is. Now she transitioned away from that and took a role on the Star Show Power, which you know is you know produced by Fifty Cent, the rapper Fifty Cent. And on the show, Norton plays Tasha St. Patrick. Uh, And when she finished filming the sixth and final season of Power, the character ended up in the spinoff series, which is Power Book 2 Ghost. Now that premiered in, I believe, 2020 and was recently renewed for a third season. And for her role in the show, she received two NAACP Image Awards for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. Now... Naughton is no stranger to acting as she played Little Kim in Fox Searchlight's film Notorious, which chronicled uh, the life of Notorious B.I.G., a Brooklyn rapper uh, who died um, very young in the 90s. She was also in a remake of Fame. She's made appearances in Mad Men, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, The Playboys Club, and The Client List. She was also on Broadway and Hairspray for three years. Like, the woman is so talented and just doing it all. And in today's episode, we talk about the differences between acting and directing and what it's been like for her being a Black woman in the entertainment industry. And we discuss a lot about mental health and how she maintains the level of self-care that keeps her going. So with that said, please get into this really intimate and vulnerable conversation between myself and Notori Naughton.
thank you, uh, Miss Latore Martin Lewis, for for jumping on to the scene to scene podcast. This is uh, extremely exciting, exciting for me. I'm a big fan of yours and have been for a while from the music to uh, the acting, the performances um, on um, power and everything like that. And it's been really good to see your success and transition and you being the one, I don't like to say this, but you being the one sort of having the last laugh and being being successful. That may not be how you think about it. And how, I, that's probably not the right language to use, but look, it is what it is. Um, and yeah, so thank you for, for hopping on. Um, so let's talk about your directorial debut. Let's talk about yes. that and why you find the topic of mental health, especially within like the black community, something that's close to you. Got it. Well, first off, thank you for, um, you know, being a fan through my journey, because obviously, you know, I've had a pretty long career. It's been about 22 years since I've been in this business. Um, I started off in the group 3LW, as, as you noted, when I was about 15. And I am glad to be, you know, still standing from such a um, challenging period of my career. Uh, but I'm grateful. And, you know, honestly, I've just look at it as like, you know, it takes faith, strength, prayers, support, you know, family, everyone pulled me up out of that, you know, time in that situation. And I've been blessed to have a career on my own two feet. So I'm very, very thankful. And I guess um, for me, you know, a lot of people at one point thought, oh, she's just the girl from Dura W. She's a singer. How can she play little Kim? She's not an actress. And, you know, I proved them wrong. And I, I, play the role of Little Kim as my first debut as, a, as an actress and I had so much fun. So that's kind of like, I guess, part of my vibe. I like to uh, be the underdog and, you know, even as an actress, so many people, oh, this, you know, Tasha from Power, you know, but wait a minute, how can she direct? And this opportunity was something I was excited to jump at because I've always wanted to direct. I've studied directing. I took classes at New York Film Academy. Um, and I, yeah, I completed a, a, an entire course on, you know, filmmaking and directing for film, et cetera. So I, I really am passionate about this. I've shadowed directors on power like Rob Hardy, uh, Anthony Hemingway. Uh, Regina King is a friend of mine who directed me in her directorial debut for BET and I've always kind of liked to just follow and ask questions and because I said this is something I really want to do so with this opportunity like you said I thought it was even more perfect because not only can I direct my first film but I can also tackle an issue like mental health and bring awareness to people who are dealing with some of these issues so I'm really glad that BET her and BET gave me a chance and how did you go about sort of conceptualizing what, you know, sort of behind the smile would look like, what it was going to be and the sort of environment that you would sort of, you know, create around this character? Well, Behind the Smile was written by an amazing lady, Lori Ray is her name. So when I got the script from Tressa Smallwood, Tressa is the producer from Megamind Media, and she is really one of the reasons that I got the opportunity because she just was like, we're going to get it done, girl, you want to direct? And she really um, sent me the script and 
she just continued to encourage me on what it would take to shoot a whole short film in two days. We did it in a, a weekend, which, which was very fast. I shot my film on what, a Saturday and a, and a, well, actually no, Friday and a Saturday. And then everyone, you know, flew back home on Sunday. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm not gonna lie. Because time is of the essence when you're directing a film like this and on such a tight, you know, timeline. So that was one of the things, but I guess conceptualizing and seeing the vision was really breaking down the script, talking to the writer who also suffered from vitiligo actually at one point in her life. So we, we talked and I had meetings with different people. You know, one of my mother's best friends, Marie, she actually has been, you know, uh, living with vitiligo. And I think that, you know, I talked to different people and just tried to see how they dealt with the disorder and making sure that I brought it to life in a way that didn't feel like painful. It's actually just, you know, like it's a disorder, but it causes, you know, sometimes identity crisis, mental health issues. But I think um, people living with it like, oh, can be hopefully encouraged by saying, seeing this character come out of that pain and come out of that situation and still be proud of who she is. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It sounds like, especially from the way you describe it, there was a lot of sort of, you know, ways that you re related to the character in a sense that, you know, not vitiligo or anything like that, but the emotional journey um, that, that the main character deals with. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how you connected with the material? Absolutely. Well, the first thing that I loved was that it was called Behind the Smile. I can relate, you know, even as an actor, sometimes we step on a red carpet and people have no idea what we're going through, but you know, they don't know what's behind the smile. You smile and you pose and you do everything you're supposed to do. And sometimes you're not okay, or sometimes you're having a really bad day, or, you know, you're dealing with a lot of emotions and you still have to kind of smile and put on a happy face. And I thought that that was really, really um, powerful, just the title alone. And then when I read about how my character, the main character, Morgan, was actually proud of her vitiligo and wanted to be on air as a news anchor in DC, she wanted to be on air without putting on makeup to cover up her spots. And I thought that that was really empowering too, whether you have, you know, a skin disorder or not, it's about, you know, kind of showing up as your authentic self. And I thought that was really interesting. And the other aspect that I was really drawn to was how she was courageous to challenge, you know, her superior, you know, her boss didn't want her to go on air and he was, he was actually discriminating on the discoloration of her skin. And the fact that she chose to take off her makeup, go on air, without his approval and just do it, you know, for her community and show people, look, I am here. 
you know, yes, I have vitiligo, but it doesn't mean that I'm any less of or any less capable. So I thought that that was really interesting. And I was excited to not only shed light to, you know, the, the skin disorder, but to shed light to how talking to someone, the therapy that the character gets actually helps her heal. And sitting on the couch, which is why BT Her calls it the couch, it's about choosing to sit down on a couch per se um, and deal with some of those issues that you're going through. So I think that's what the biggest part is like, why can't we talk about these things? And why, why do we, you know, like we need to kind of destigmatize mental health and what people are dealing with so that they're not so afraid to come forward and choose to get the help that they need. Right. And especially like, you know, in the black community, how it could be, you know, absolutely. I was told to go to church and, you know, mm-hmm. pray and, and stuff. Yeah. And, and it's going to be okay. So yeah. And it's going to, it's, and it's going to be okay. And I, you know, that was just one of the ways it was just sort of swept under the rug, you know, talk to your pastor or whatever, which is great and fine. And people do that. And it does work for a lot of people. No, yeah. Um, so, I mean, but, I do, I, I get it. But there has to be time for an open discussion Amen. about what it means to suffer, be a mental health sufferer on top of all the, the things that society held, holds against you by being a, a black woman and being a dark skin yeah. woman or whatever. Amen. You know? And I mean, um, I, I've dealt with it for real. And, and I want to, and you, you know, you don't have to answer if it's too personal, but I'm just wondering how did you work your way out of those dark times? What did you, mm-hmm. what did you sort of seek or connect with that sort of gave you a new perspective to bring you out of that sort of depressed state or, you know, a state where you feel like you're, you're suffering or, you know, things aren't going right. Well, one of the things, I mean, I, I'm not per se, like the character is actually, you know, depressed and clinically is, you know, dealing with some stuff. And I wouldn't say necessarily even mental health uh, patients that you don't have to suffer per se. It's, it's how you handle it and how you deal That's with it. True. I have you know, I have a cousin who is um, bipolar and schizophrenic. And when I read this, I thought about my cousin, which, you know, she she is dealing with it. And a lot of times if you seek help, get the proper medication, um, you can function well and be amazing in society. So I, I think that's part of changing the narrative and even how we speak about it. So that's one. And then um, one of the things I think is important, like in, in the film, and even in my life is, you know, definitely it's okay and great to have a strong faith. And like you said, go to church and pray and all those things, which are valuable to me too. But it's also like, I, I had a counselor at one point or a spiritual advisor, I would say, when I first became a mother and, um, you know, was dealing with some things, you know, just kind of in pregnancy and post-pregnancy, I think I had to recognize, you know, obviously, prayers do work, but also prayer without works doesn't, doesn't work either. So you want to make sure you do the work as well. Um, So doing the work for me is making sure that I continue to surround myself around positive people. You know, I definitely, you know, at one point was seeing a counselor and a spiritual, she was like a spiritual counselor 
when I was dealing with my relationship not going well uh, and becoming a new mom, I definitely, I knew that I needed more. And I knew that sometimes you do have to, you know, write it in a journal or talk about it with someone. And even if it's just getting your emotions out on paper, I do a lot of writing as a way to, to kind of be therapy. I wrote a whole script about, you know, something that was troubling me during my pregnancy. And, um, and, and it actually is relevant to what's happening now with abortion and women's rights. And I, I wrote this because I needed to get out my own fears surrounding becoming a mother. So some of that is what helped me in just in challenging or dark times. And I think for a lot of people, whether it's, you know, therapy, counseling, uh, you know, the arts, the arts are so healing outside of like so many things people sometimes don't underestimate the arts, a film, a song, a, a moment where you went to see a play could literally transform someone's life or ignite them in a different direction. Like you just don't know. So I, I definitely cling to a lot of those things and um, I encourage other people to to let it out because that's that's really the only way we can heal as a community and particularly black and brown communities when we hold on to different issues or pain or whatever we're dealing with we're not actually getting through it we're 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 passing down that same stigma or that same you know issue to the next generation so we're not freeing ourselves and if we want to be fully free we have to talk about mental health right and you know there's a certain fear there. Um, and I don't know if it's because people just are afraid to bring it up or there's a level of embarrassment or what it is. But you're right that there has to be some kind of freedom, some kind of way where people feel free enough to, to bring it up. And, you know, I, I was in the military for a long time and had some issues then. And then, you know, they're like, let's, you know, we encourage people to come forward if they're you know going through something or whatever and they really this is not me bigging up the military I don't care about all that I'm just saying that I think that there was a really concerted effort to get people to to talk and I look at the people around me and the children around me you know and they feel comfortable enough to come to their family members with with their issues and with I think that issues. that's a good that's thing that's so good See, you pass that down you pass it down and when you're around people that say you know it's okay let's talk about it let's have an open line of communication you are really empowered mm -hmm. you know as opposed to being held bondage held right. in bondage and I mean everything you said is so right because it's not really you know you can you can you can admit those things and then celebrate you know the, the triumphs that happen it is a journey and things happen yes. but it can get better you know um I'm sorry I didn't mean to go on like my mental health rant it's just something I'm really passionate no, about no. um especially in regards to black women in general and black women seeking the help that they Amen. need um and I'm, I'm all about it well thank you for sharing that and I'm 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 just happy that you know I got an opportunity to direct a my first film it, you know it, it aired uh last it was it Saturday? It aired on Saturday on BT here, and it's available, you know, to stream on BT Plus and um, BT Her and all that. So I just, I just think it's so awesome when you get an opportunity to not only be an artist or be a creative, 
but you get a chance to possibly affect lives and inspire people. That's the goal. For me, I've always, even with the roles that I choose, you know, I've been Tasha from Power for many years, almost like a decade, but I try to choose for women to see reflections, particularly as the brown skinned woman. I want them to see that we are chosen, we are beautiful, we are strong, but we are also vulnerable. You know, we don't always have to be the strong black woman. We can be vulnerable too, and that's beautiful as well. So I think every role, including as a director, I'm gonna continue to direct films that showcase all of us right. as multifaceted, multi-layered people that we are. And, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I was going to ask you about your sort of trajectory from music to acting to directing and what that sort of looked like um, as a Black woman, because I find that, you know, dark, as, as, you know, dark skinned women or darker skinned, browner skinned women um, have a lot more struggles in a journey that should be not simple, but there are certain steps um, that, you know, that there are extra steps for us than there would be uh, for, let's say, a, a, a cis white man or whatever. And I, I'm just curious to hear about that journey for you and what that's been like going from 3LW to now uh, director um, and everything that's yeah. happened in between that. Um, well, I guess the journey in life as any person of color can be challenging right. in all different shades, you know, but being a, a brown skin girl definitely had some moments of, you know, where I felt that colorism was a real thing and, and not just in, you know, in Hollywood, but even in our own communities that I've talked on panels about that and why we often you know, put each other down and which color and which pigmentation you are. It's, it's crazy to me because we all come from the same place and we should all continue to love each other and uplift each other. So I, I don't want to say that all Darcy women have this experience and I don't want to say lighter skin women have a different experience because I, I don't know that journey. I just know my personal journey is that as a woman, as a black woman, as a dark skin black woman, there are often, you know, parts of your journey that you do feel uh, like, you know, you are the less desirable choice or you do feel like um, you have to jump through some different hoops or maybe I, my hair is a little bit too this way. So maybe I, I've thought so many times like, okay, uh, at an audition when I lived in LA, it's like, okay, I can, maybe I can look a little bit more. They used to say things like, oh, we're looking more exotic like so I would try to find oh some curly hair wig or something you know I'm brown skin but I'm curly haired so maybe that'll work and and that's part of what I think unfortunately has happened in a lot of our communities where we circulate that kind of um thought process but really it's just at a certain point in my career honestly and I, I think power has helped with that a lot and I was like I am who I am if you like it you like it if you don't that's on you but and I think Exactly. So all of us need to show up and say, hey, I know I'm fabulous. I know I'm beautiful, you know, at every shade because black women are amazing in all different shapes, sizes, colors. But if we don't know it, when we walk in the room, you will you give people the power to judge you or to put you down. But when you take back that power, pun intended, it's not a game. So I feel like I've taken back that power. I don't walk in feeling like I need to be anything but my beautiful, chocolate, amazing, talented self. 
And, you know, your, your comment about, you know, being someone like your character uh, in power, who is, who has so many levels to her personality and who she is and shows very different sides of one person. And I think it's good to see a character like that, who's not just one way, um, who gets to exercise different emotions and not be stuck in those tropes that we so often see black actresses in. And um, I think it's important to have that, that mindset that you so put, put forth that we're all different and we all have our own ways of living and we all look different, but that doesn't mean one of us should be treated any differently. Um, and with that said, are you thinking about doing some writing and some more directing? Maybe we can see something, you know, an original from Notori. Uh, <laughs> That's actually what's coming up next. Um, yes, for sure. Definitely. Yes, yes. And yes, I wrote, I wrote a short film that I'm going to be directing this summer and, uh, with Swirl Films, Swirl Films in Atlanta, Georgia. So look out for that. It's a, a project that kind of comes from my heart called 333. And um, I'm excited to, to get that out there. I haven't really talked about it yet, but I, I, I think uh, in the next few months, you'll, you'll hear more about it once we get it you know, filmed and, and, and everything. Yeah, and I, I'm so like happy to hear that because we definitely need more women out there uh, telling their stories and being and being in charge of what that narrative looks like. So often we have other people telling our stories and shit. And you know, it, it, it's high time that that's over with. And I'm not saying that that's not important too, because those people have created these good work too that is somewhat representative of our experience but mm -hmm. there is a certain gaze and a certain lens that we offer to our own works that just that just works yeah I'm with you totally it just, it just it just sort of works and so is there anything else besides what you're working on as far as um being a director is there anything else that people should be looking out for uh when it comes to what you have going on next um just, uh, well, hope, like I mentioned more, you know, directing in my short that I wrote myself. And um, I have some other TV things that I think people will be surprised to, to see. Um, you, you know, I can't really say right now, but I definitely am excited to, uh, to continue being an actress, but also to showing that I have a lot more to offer. So stay tuned sensational thank you so much for chatting with me and being open and and honest about everything um, no of course you thank you for thank you for having me and thank you for making this such a safe place to be open and honest I, I really enjoyed this talk so did I and and again I'm still a big fan and I can't wait to see what more you have to to offer uh fans and 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 viewers of power and everything else you're involved in. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.